Hi, I'm Wayne Hines and the pastor of Grace Church Australia. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We hope it is inspirational and it equips you to make known the name of Jesus. You can stay connected with us during the week by going to gracegathering.online. It is so good to be with you guys again. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Jacques and my wife Kat and son Nathan. We love to come and visit Grace Church every once in a while. We love Wayne and Jackie and the kids. Over the last few years, we've really grown to love this church as well. Every time I come here to speak, it's, it's easy. You, you, you guys carry the Spirit of Jesus with you. And it's easy to come and speak here. It's easy to enjoy your fellowship and your company um, because you carry it. Uh, it's not hard work. And I'm sure Wayne can tell you, sometimes you get to places, it's hard work. But here at Grace Church, we love you guys. It's great to be with you again this morning. Welcome to the guys online again. And uh, I really hope this morning you're going to get a, a pull of the kingdom of God, a treasure, a real treasure in your heart, almost like gold dust that we're going to f- be fossicking for. And uh, when we walk out of here, it's going to, you know, just stay with us. So this morning I want to talk to you about faith. We've been singing a bit about it uh, this morning, and I called this message, Bottom Line, What is Faith? Because um, it's something I want to share that the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me over the last few months. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of Christians here that's been Christians a long time in their life. You know, I was a pastor's kid. I've been around um, Christianity and the faith for a long time in my life. And over the years, there's different meanings or different connotations to the word faith. And so for me, um, when I've spoken here in the past, you know, you've heard me talk about faith is confidence and trust and all those things. And this morning, I want to dig a bit deeper. And I really feel that, you know, it's going to give us a foundational understanding again, just like grace. Uh, grace Church, you've done very well to define the word grace. The church, the Western world's done well to define the word grace. And I think this morning, if we dig a bit deeper and define faith again, and just uh, to re- reignite that passion and not worry and fear and focus on the fear of things. And so uh, by no means do I know everything, but I really believe um, it's something, like I said, the Holy Spirit's challenged me with to uh, understand. It's amazing, the last two songs we've sung as well about God's love and the name of Jesus really flows in to this message. So we're going to go deep quickly. The first half is going to be a bit of teaching, you know, good old-fashioned Bible teaching. And then we're going to, you know, unpack that a bit, and then I'm going to just uh, be speaking about that. So let's get into it. Hebrews 11, verse 1 in the NIV. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So quickly, I'm going to take a few words out of the concordance there just to give you meaning, a bit of context again, back to basics like it's a bit of teaching that we so love. So faith, what's that word faith in the concordance? It's translated credence, credibility, 
belief, value, weight, honor, to treat like gold. Authority, trust, yield, to make friend. Keep that one for later. Put that one in your back pocket or in your front pocket or something. Hold on to that word, to make friend. Trust and truth itself. Now faith is confidence. What's the word confidence translated? Assurance, foundational support or argument. Hope. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Hope. So hope is the act or power of forming a mental image, a picture. It's the blueprints of our hopes and dreams, the, the vision that God gives us in our lives, the desires that God places in our hearts of a blessed future on earth and for eternity. And evidence. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance or evidence used only once in the New Testament in this passage. Six times in the Old Testament with the same root word as the New Testament, but it means conviction, to be convinced, proof. Also, scribe and a document or a scroll. Hint, hint. So, I talked earlier about fossicking for gold, and we're going to Take it from the top. You know, when you take the big rocks and you've dug in the dirt and you're going to use your sift to sift it through. And so we're going to start at the top. Um, I'm going to use a bit of uh, poetic license here this morning. And so if we funnel it down, if we start at the top, faith is confidence and the dreams, my dreams and hopes. Now that doesn't sound very spiritual, does it? My hopes and dreams. I think there was someone else in the Bible that we heard talking a lot about himself. So we want to go down the next level. Where do our hope and dreams come from? God, the Holy Spirit, in our hearts. So if we go down the next level, faith is confidence I have in the promises of the Word of God. That's where his promises and dreams and my hopes and dreams come from. So let's go down another level. Who is the Word of God? In John 1 it says, Jesus. In the beginning was the Word and the Word became flesh. And so if we stop at the next level, faith is confidence and trust in Jesus Christ and His kingdom. And so if I take the whole of verse 1 and I paraphrase to give you just that you know, foundational understanding, and then, like I said, we're going to unpack it, and it's going to become a bit easier for you to digest. Faith, the foundation that our spirituality is built upon, or it's the authority of what we believe, is based upon what? It's based upon the confidence and trust we have in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, and it is the evidence, and we are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, of a spiritual dimension we do not see. So as I said, we're going to start pretty strong in the theology of things, and hopefully for the next few minutes we're going to talk about that. So you can use these words interchangeably. When you read the Bible, when you first understand that, when you grasp it, you can read any story. When Jesus 
walked on the water with a storm when they were sinking in their boat. And he said, why is it that you don't have any faith, he said. So you can translate that and use interchangeably the words trust in me or confidence in me. Why is it that you didn't have confidence in me? Why is it that you didn't have trust in me and my kingdom? So let's go on. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By confidence in the word of God we understand the universe was formed by God and everything in the natural has a spiritual origin. And so for us to understand faith, it's not just being stuck in the physical realm, but we understand everything physical has a spiritual origin. And verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. Without trust in Jesus, if we paraphrase, it's impossible to please God. He sent His Son. Jesus Christ, what we just sang about, I speak Jesus. Jesus Christ is the crown, the jewel, is the crux of the kingdom of heaven. And without understanding that, without having faith and trust in Jesus, it's impossible to please God. So, because God does exist. And in this passage, he gave us three evidences that he exists. In this passage, very subtly, you know, if, if you go and take a passage in the Bible and you really go and meditate on it, it's amazing the layers and the levels that you can get out of it. And so in this passage, God says, there's three proofs that I exist. First one is creation. In the light of creation. Second one is His Word. In the beginning in Genesis was His spoken word. And throughout times His spoken word. And then it became the scroll, the document we read about. The Bible. And after that, it's Jesus. The specific revelation of God. The Word made flesh. So here's the deal. We don't need any other evidence that God exists or that He's real. He's given us the creation, the universe, life itself, the Word, and the specific revelation of Jesus, historically proven that He walked the earth. So if we read that um, scripture, remember where um, it talked about Abraham's bosom, Lazarus, uh, the slave, that died. And when they cried out as well and said, no, no, send someone to warn them. And Abraham said, no, if they didn't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't believe anything else. So it's the same with us. If we don't believe what's already there in existence, nothing else will convince us. We don't need any extra proof to know that God exists. Because even if you were to see a miracle, if we saw this morning a creative miracle, it's not enough to convince you to believe in God. And that's the essence of faith, that He gave us the measure of faith to be able to see in creation, to start asking questions, to see His Word, and to believe in Jesus Christ. And that's why you can have faith and doubt. So, God has already given us all the evidence we need to believe in Him. Romans 1, verse 20 says, Since 
the creation of this world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. So from the beginning, this invisible God is clearly seen, being understood by things that are made, being understood by the physical things in this world, even his eternal power and Godhead so that we are without excuse. We already have everything we need to believe in God. And so as we seek after Him intentionally, we are drawn into a relationship with Him. And what I want to do is just break down these three things, these three evidences, and paraphrase it as a bit of a journey, our spiritual journey where we start off maybe and how it draws us in to a closer relationship with God. And so I believe what the Bible says, faith, God has given every person the measure of faith. And that's why when we learn that, it's almost like faith and grace are brothers and sisters or family. They're cousins, whatever your relation you want to call them. Because it's the same thing. Grace is given, isn't it? And that we receive. And same with faith. This isn't talking about faith, your spiritual gifting, you know, in the body of Christ to serve them like discernment or healing or tongues and all of those things. This is faith that's given as a measure to every single person that we can use. And so in each stage, like I said, it's, it's almost like when you run a marathon. There's little stations to give you, you know, what you need at that particular time. Uh, some might have more salt content, depending how long you've been on the journey. And so God gives us a little station each time and reveals more of His character each time. Stage one is in the light of creation. As we read, also Ecclesiastes said, He's put eternity in our hearts. And so I don't know about you, but when I think back in my BC before Christ days, you go out, you've got a big night, you party hard. And where do most parties end up in? In someone's home, early in the morning. And where do most conversations end up in? Early in the morning. After a big night, God, the existence of God, religion, faith. doesn't matter where we are in life, creation draws us. You go to the beach, you've got the beautiful lake just down the road here. When you see a sunrise or a sunset, there's something in us, the Bible says, that draws us, that says God has placed eternity in our hearts that we start asking questions. Are you real, God? Why do I feel like this? Something's drawing me. Something's making me ask questions. And every time you yield to that, you go down a path. And it takes you down to the second stage, which is God's Word. His spoken, written Word that we can learn from. All of a sudden, you might be going to church. You start reading the Bible. You ask questions. All of a sudden, your sense of purpose gets reignited again, isn't it? Remember before God that hopelessness, that just feeling that you got, you know, what's life about? But as soon as maybe we become born again at that stage, something ignites in you. The vision, the purpose, the dreams you have in God gets dusted off the shelf, which takes us to the next stage, which is the Jesus Christ specific revelation. Now, in your journey, Christian journey, you don't refer to a generic God anymore. It's not God anymore. It's now Jesus. Now it's getting personal. 
and you start praying him, you read the Bible, you like this Jesus character because he was a bit of a rebel in those days. He challenged the status quo. We like those people, don't we? We don't like the cookie cutters. We like people who make a bit of a stir for the good, you know, for good reasons, not just because. <laughs> but we are drawn deeper into that relationship with Jesus. His character is being revealed to us. And at this stage, if you choose to stay at this stage, it can remain just head knowledge. Have you guys met some Christians? They know a lot about God, don't they? They've sat in church a lot. They've got a lot of theory and head knowledge, dogma. But remember the movie Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Quan. Don't know if that, you remember that movie. The Quan. Where's the Quan? The soul, the passion, the heart. We might learn a lot about Jesus, but where's the soul? Where's your passion? Because we are still able to choose, and that's why faith is a choice to receive, because you can still choose at any level to keep God at a distance, to keep Him at arm's length, to be safe, rather than being just jumping in and experiencing. And maybe because of you know, how life's treated you, you're hesitant to jump in. But I want to encourage you, don't just stop at head knowledge. It's a dangerous place to be because it can breed discontentment and disappointment. Where people say, is, is this all that there is? Is this all that Christianity is? When you don't dig in to the passionate side and let God connect your heart. And so at this stage also, you might be confronted with some of the truths and experiences that's happened in your life. Why did this happen, God? God starts tenderizing our hearts, and we start asking questions of the wise. At this stage, we need to remember that God is a good God. He is love. The Bible says He is love. He doesn't have love. He is the essence of love. And although it wasn't His full you know, um, will for that to happen, His permissive will still allowed things in life to happen. But the longer you walk with God... You get to a point where you can say like Joseph, you meant it for evil. You might have meant it for evil to hurt me, but God meant it for good. And he can use it. Whatever you've gone through, he can use it for your good. Like Joyce Meyer, when she gets to a point in her life where she openly now says she was you know, molested as a kid by her own father, where she gets to a point in her life in her ministry to say that I wouldn't want to have my life any other way because of what I've experienced, I'm able to relate to people and have a ministry because of that. So no matter what we've gone through in life, God can use it and take the sting out of that, those experiences, and use it for good. And this is where brokenness and pain meets God's grace and purpose. And keep going with God. Keep going. Keep drawing in. Because the next stage is that intimate relationship with Him. And remember when I started off with those, the concordance meaning of the words, the tra translations. Faith was, what was one of them? To make friend. And I'm sure many of us have experienced where you get to that point in your relationship with God where you connect on a relational level. And he calls you friend. 
There's no more distance. There's intimacy. There's passion about your relationship with Him. And so the purpose of faith, and I'm giving you a big foundation here, and we're going to, as I said, talk about it more later, but the purpose of faith is not for you to attain stuff or achieve stuff. It's not to make things happen in life. What we, contrary to what we might have thought about what faith is, faith's purpose is to draw you into an intimate relationship with God. Because each stage requires you to choose to believe in Him. And as you follow those footpaths, He illuminates the next step and you are able to walk down a beautiful, wonderful journey. Something that I don't have time to unpack this morning. There's another part of faith. It's not just about God towards us, but about how we respond to Him. About a sacrificial uh, thing about faith where we know how he feels about us and then we lay down for him also f- to give back to him but that's another message so here's the thing these stages i've just talked about briefly today we can operate on any of those levels at any given day depending what happens in our life depending how what's happening in our mind if we are challenged in our circumstances, if storms come in life, the enemy comes to draw you out of that intimate place of God so that you start even questioning fundamental elementary stuff. God, are you real? Last week you were in there, intimate with Him. You had a great time with Him, and this week you're like questioning His existence based upon the storms that arise based upon what happens in our life. And that's why it's, you know, for us to understand our natural world we live in doesn't dictate how God feels about us. And the main thing is about faith is understanding how God feels about us, not how we feel. So this is what I wanted to get to today with that foundation. To operate in faith requires us to Understand and believe that God is great, He's majestic, He's all-powerful, He's amazing. But, will He be amazing in your life? Let me say it in a different way. It's easy for us to have faith for someone else than for ourselves. Because we don't see the stuff inside that everyone struggles with, do we? I don't see what you guys struggle with. I just see you here on a Sunday. You look awesome. I think God loves you. I think He's got to do great stuff for you. You don't know what I struggle with. You don't know what Kat or anyone struggles with. And so we just assume people are tight with God and He will do stuff for them. But because we understand our own frailty, we understand our own, you know, issues and things we struggle with, it's hard to believe that God is awesome and will be for us at all times, regardless of our performance, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what's happening in our lives, regardless of the storms out there. And like a child that doesn't really know much that's why the kingdom of 
the, the Bible says the kingdom of God is like a child. Because although they don't know much, you just trust. It's like, God, I'm hungry. What do kids do? They just go to the fridge and get some food, don't they? They don't question your validity of love towards them when they're hungry. It's fundamental. It's elementary. They just just go and get food. They just say, they ask and they command, expecting things will happen. And so it's easy to believe for sister so-and-so. And he'll do it for brother so-and-so, but will God do it for me? And the essence of love is to, of faith is to understand God's love towards us. His benevolence towards us, although we understand our own sin nature. When we go to bed at night, it's a level playing field. That's why God gives everyone the measure of faith. It's a level playing field for you and for me or for Wayne. The total sum of Wayne's faith isn't Wayne plus Grace Church plus Jackie's faith. When Wayne goes to bed at night, the sum total of Wayne's faith is Wayne's faith and God. The total sum of my faith is my faith and God. Same with you. It's a level playing field. But I want to tell you tonight, when we go to bed, we can be confident in the one that has died for us. He died. He shed his blood to show you how much he loves you. That's why when things happen, you don't have to question whether he loves you or not. You know that you know that you know that you know God loves you. And because he loves you, he will look after you. That song we sang about speaking the name of Jesus. That's the essence of faith. It's not about us and our performance. Faith is not trying to do something. Faith is not trying to attain something. Faith is just standing and resting in the fact that Jesus is Lord of my life and this whole world. We don't have to strive. When you go to the hospital, when they give you a diagnosis, you don't have to question, you don't have to work your faith to be healed. God loves me. Like a good father, he's going to love me and look after me. He's going to take care of me. I don't have to worry. When you've got problems, he promised not to ever leave us or forsake us. I've talked to you before about how I feel about our son Nathan. I would do anything for him. And if we feel so strongly about our kids in life or family or something or cause, how much more does God say, we being evil, how much more will he look after us? And so faith is understanding and having confidence in that trust that God loves you. Jesus loves you intimately, not just others, you, every day. And you're going in, you're going out. No matter what we do, faith is resting in Him. And that's why if, if the Bible says faith without works is dead, we don't have to strive. You just walk in. You're under God's protection already. You're under everything of the kingdom. You just walk. And by faith, you step out into things. The kingdom of God, the love, the essence of God, love, stepping out into that, knowing He will back you. And again, as I said, due to our sinful lives and shortcomings, we don't feel worthy. Just like to receive His grace, sometimes we don't feel worthy to have faith. But faith is not about us. Faith is about Him. 
having trust and confidence in God. And maybe it's not a faith issue that we struggle with sometimes. Maybe it's a trust issue. If you get hurt in relationships in life, because I think our capacity to have faith could be related to our capacity to trust in relationships. And sometimes, once bitten, twice shy, we put God in the same group and category as frail humanity, where we get beaten up, we get discouraged, we get abused perhaps. We lose trust in humanity. But it's not the same thing. I've always said, you don't take second-hand offense with God. If someone lets you down, God will never let you down. We cannot put Him in the same category as that. And so faith is a choice. And I'll close with a true story. In December, December 7, 1988, an earthquake devastated the northwestern section of Armenia, killing an estimated 25,000 people. In a small town, directly after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school only to find that the school had been flattened and there was no sign of life. But he had no thought of turning back. He had often told his son, no matter what, I will be there for you when you need me. Though the prospects appeared hopeless, he began feverishly removing rubble from where he believed his son's classroom had been. Other parents only wailed hopelessly. My son, my daughter. They told this father to go home. There was no chance that any pupils would be alive. To which this loving father replied, I made my son a promise that I'd be there for him when he needs me. I must continue to dig. Courageously proceeded alone. No one volunteered to help him. But he had to find out for himself, is my boy dead or alive? With endurance and strength beyond himself, the faithful, loving father continued to dig for eight hours, 12, 24, 36 hours. Then the 38th hour, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard voices. Armand! He screamed. A child's voice responded, Dad, it's me, Amand. Then I told the other kids not to worry. I told him that if you were alive, you'd save me. And when you saved me, they'd be saved. You promised you would always be there for me. You did it, Dad. Now, if an earthly father would go to those lands, how much would God go to the depths of hell to help you? He loves you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You can trust on Him. You can bank on Him. No matter what happens in your life, Faith is not about you. It's about who He is. He is love. 
He will never leave you or forsake you as long as you live. To hear more podcasts from Grace Church Australia, make sure you subscribe and stay connected by going to gracegathering.online.